Hello, friend and colleague. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music on our podcast show today, episode 146. I am talking to our good friend and business expert, Michelle Marquart DeVoe. We are talking about boundaries. Our technology expert to Kenya Battle is sharing some very helpful strategies for finding your ideal client and some of the platforms you can use to do that. And my good friend, composer Donna Rodenizer and I had a lovely conversation about Halloween resources and all the fun you can have with your students during this spooky season business best practices, marketing and technology, and spooky singing right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Hello, thank you, and welcome, 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 my friend, my colleague. I hope you are keeping well. If you are listening to this podcast at time of release, it is mid to late September, uh, depending uh, if you're a half glass, half full, or half empty <laughs> type of person. Uh, it is uh, it is the start of a teaching season for most of us, and I hope that everything is going well in your teaching studio. We've got an amazing lineup today. Uh, Michelle Marquardt-DeVoe is here talking about boundaries. Our tech expert, Tekenya Battle, is talking about finding your ideal client and tools that you can use to do that. And I wrangled my good friend, now new neighbor. Well, she's not really my neighbor. She's like an hour away. But her mom just lives down the street from my sister, who lives about 20 minutes away. So we're practically neighbors. Anyhow, my good friend, composer Donna Rodenizer, is uh, joining me. And we're talking about Halloween. Halloween is my favorite singing season. Uh, Full disclosure, I love the Halloween season. It is like so much fun and I guess I'd like to drag it out because I'm I don't like starting Christmas music too too early although sometimes you have to sometimes you have to start those Christmas songs in like September <laughs> um, when uh, I was doing a lot of session work uh, Christmas albums were recorded in the summer <laughs> I I have sung many a Christmas tune in July and August uh, because that's when you recorded them anyhow um, I also wanted to mention, uh, if you have not been to our website, uh, today, uh, September 24th, it's Freebie Friday. And there is a lovely little vo- spooky vocal study written by Donna Rodenizer. Uh, and it's up there. It comes with a backing track. If you have not signed up to our newsletter, please do so. We, I do, First of all, newsletters are a lot of work for me. So I don't send them out as often as probably one should. I send out reminders about teacher training and about new releases. And when we have Freebie Fridays, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to bug you. So sign up for our newsletter so that you get notification and direct access to all our uh, new materials. Um, But uh, Don and I are going to be talking more about the uh, downloads and the freebies and all of that stuff and the fun that we have. Uh, But yeah, please check that out. And if you are on Instagram, 
I want you to find and follow me at The Full Voice. If you are using our resources, don't be afraid to tag me. I love seeing all the fun that teachers are having in their studios. I love seeing your kiddos singing our songs or having fun with one of our resources. I really do appreciate that. So at The Full Voice on Instagram. And I think we need to have a serious talk with our good friend Michelle, the conversation that we are talking about, boundaries. Dun, dun, dun. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast. My friend, my colleague, my sister from another mister, and I'm laughing because before I hit record, Michelle started to sing the new theme song, Super Efficient Robot Babes, in the intro, and I'm laughing now because we goof around and talk for like 40 minutes before we actually hit record. <laughs> Oops. And actually, I got, I actually did record some of them, and you can go to the Full Voice Podcast Instagram account and hear some of our conversations, which are about things not pertinent to the full voice podcast, perhaps, but also very interesting. How are you? Oh, wow. That's a loaded question. I know, I feel right? Like in, the, in, in the middle of 2021, that I is know. such a loaded question. You know, I have great days mm-hmm. and I have other days. Mm-hmm. I... I feel generally good mm-hmm. about things. And then there are specific moments where I'm like, just remove me from the world. <laughs> um, not really. I'm okay. I'm not going to do anything <laughs> like that. But um, so it's okay. You know, just to be totally straight with you, it's a solid meh. Ah, okay. I love that you can define that. Yeah. I love that. Now, I think, I mean, how are you? Uh, well, it has been, it has been a very, st- well, it, it was physically and mentally exhausting because we were selling a house, packing up yeah. everything we own and moving in a pandemic. And throughout that, there were some really beautiful moments and some really hard moments and some very challenging moments and some really, what the heck am I doing this for moments? And I think Sean and I, after we've been here just over a month and we finally, like we finally started sleeping better and Mm. we started to, we've started like everybody here has been lovely. Although I mean, Nova Scotia uh there's a there's there's a lot of Nova Scotians that are dealing with this influx of Ontarians and like Ontario is very like go 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 and you're always racing here there and and Nova Scotia is much calmer Mm. so I think I think we're starting to kind of ease up a little bit and uh and yeah, so it, it's it's good. Like things are really good. We love where we are. We're finding our routines. But we're still like physically healing. Like like Oh yeah. Right? Like the we both had hurt our bodies from all the painting and house renos. Like mm. like, like my osteopath, I he's a lovely man and I teach his daughter and he was like 
Nikki, I don't even know where to start with your body. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even, it's like DEFCON 5. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) And and Sean, Sean had like a a ladder fall on his wrist and he really hurt his arms. So he's been like slowly getting back into playing his instruments. So it's good. Like this space is giving us a place to heal. So it's good. It's really good. But it was hard. We, we, like, we did the work. And, uh, yeah. I, I'm so glad that it only took a month to, (laughs) to get there. Right. Because when I, when I think of, when I think of how, and I think this is going to tie into our topic today when I think about how we wind up in situations mm. that, that wind us up, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. That tie us up. And, and it's not because we're doing anything on purpose to do that, or it might be because we have to in, inflict a trauma in order to get through a bigger trauma. Like, oh, like the, ouch, yeah, <laughs> like this, right. Like, um, the act of healing from trauma is traumatic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So when it, when you're telling me the story and I'm watching your body language around it, I'm feeling grateful that you chose a place that was a soft landing to do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, because sometimes we don't do that. We just, we get so used to the grind and so Mm -hmm. used to accepting what is that we don't actively seek new lives and new civilizations. Mm, It's true. And it's true. Boldly go where no voice peep has gone before. (laughs) But, and I like how you tied that in. So today our conversation is something that, uh, a lot of people are, are, well, I think all of us deal with in different varying degrees and that's setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. And it's not as simple as just drawing a line in the sand and saying, you shall not pass. No, it is not. <laughs> I was, for those of you who don't see me, I just like, put my staff down. She just like reenacted that. Gandalf epic. the gray. I love that. Um, but uh, yeah, like boundaries, setting boundaries in our business. And you know, what's interesting. I was talking to, to Kenya battle, our tech uh, um, uh, expert. And she mm. was talking about that, about boundary setting and, you know, with, with her family, right? Like, Ooh, you know, yeah like and how it affects like you know our businesses because we've got the kiddos that want our time and our attention so but well gosh it's such a big topic where where do we want to start where where do you want to what do you want to say about boundaries well why don't why don't we define or or at least for this for the for people listening and for ourselves I can share how it's been helpful for me to kind of compartmentalize Mm. boundaries and velvet ropes and the difference between an internal thing and then a thing that you have to do externally. 
Okay. All right. So maybe would that be okay if we I talked think, about like that? I think that would be helpful. So to me, boundaries are something that we create inside of ourselves based on our personal needs, our 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 emotional safety, our physical safety, um, our maybe our financial safety, you mm-hmm. know, what whatever uh, mm-hmm. is kind of our personal Maslow's hierarchy, right? <laughs> um Boundaries are an internal decision about what we will and will not accept. Mm. Nobody knows what those things are unless you tell them to the people who are trying to encroach upon them. Boom. So the, the, the tricky part with boundaries is like, it's not enough to actually have them. You mm. have to enforce them. Ouch. That's the hard and part. That's and that is where you get into what if people don't like me, imposter syndrome, self-consciousness, maybe uh, or maybe you have plenty of confidence to do it, but you have no tools. You have no language. You've never learned how to appropriately do that. And so it winds up coming out more like a defensiveness rather a defense instead of just defense. Mm. <laughs> right. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so. The boundary is the thing that we create. And then the outward enforcing of the boundaries, I think, is where we tend to kind of lump it all together. We kind of say, well, just enforce your boundaries. (laughs) It's like, well, okay, thanks. But there are many, many ways to do that. And there are ways that we need to do that with our voices and a conversation. Mm -hmm. And there are ways that we can do that with what I like to call velvet ropes. And okay. those would be like systems and tools and um, literally like third party applications, mm. maybe an assistant, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a, a, a thing that you don't ever have to use your face to talk about your boundary. It's a tool that kind of is a little velvet rope. You can't pass this. And what I, why I love velvet ropes is because just like in a movie theater or, th- or a theater, stage theater, if, if you really got to move it, then you can. Sure. It's your velvet rope, you know? But for the most part, like at Disneyland, have you ever been to Disneyland? I have not. So... If any of you have been to Disneyland or Disney World, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you if you walk down like Main Street um, in the Magic Kingdom or in Disneyland or maybe in California Adventure, I'm a Disneyland. I'm in California, so it's Disneyland Resort for me. What you'll see is you'll see like these kind of metal circles on the mm. ground that are like mm-hmm. flat, and you'll be like, "What are those?" And then magically at parade time, the cast members will come and they will open up the little flaps and they will put the po- put poles their holes in the ground oh so they'll put poles all down the parade route with route with the rope oh so i'm saying that to say like you can be like disneyland if you know that you're going to need a rope during the parade you can put up the rope during the parade and, and then it can come that communicates down. clearly. You don't have to say a thing. And then when the parade is over, they, you know, they go and they pick up the things and they put the little covers back on and they just look like these lovely little golden circles, decorated hmm. golden circles on the ground. Interesting. So a boundary to me is the internal decision. And then we have to externally 
say what we're going to do. Can I, can we go through an example? So if I were to say, I've chosen for my teaching studio that I have office hours and I am not available 24 seven, that's Mm -hmm. my boundary. So Mm -hmm. can you walk through how I would set boundaries and then the velvet ropes? How would that work? Yeah. So like a boundary would be like if you set it in your policy, Mm -hmm. right? If you say it, then you've set it, Mm -hmm. set it. A velvet rope would be like the only way you can, I have office hours. You're welcome to pick a time to come and see them. Here's the link to my scheduler. Mm. And then the scheduler just shows the time. Oh. Right. Um, auto responders on emails Ooh. are good velvet ropes, right? If you are not going to be dealing with emails over the weekend, set an autoresponder on Friday that that is like recurring and just goes from like Friday at noon to Monday at noon, where you say, thank you so much for contacting me. Um, you know, I'll be away from email over the weekend and I'm happy to get back to you on the Tuesdays of every week, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Another velvet rope might be, I mean, scheduling software, I think is Is a fantastic Mm -hmm. velvet rope Mm -hmm. because then you don't ever have to have a conversation about your availability Mm. because your boundary might be like, I'm done working at six or I'm done teaching at eight or I only teach during the day. Mm-hmm. But then when people are like, well, what about, could you make an exception to that? You eliminate all of that. Mm-hmm. And then if people come and they say, I don't see anything on your scheduler, then you can say, well, my scheduler does have all my availability. So it does look like I'm very busy right now. I'm looking forward to seeing you as soon as possible. Okay. So I thank you for saying that. I think what people get uncomfortable with is when they have to remind people to go back to the velvet rope. Right. Right. So, like that's what so that people... would be an example of like speaking the boundary. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, here's here. I, we have to give a little space here to kind of, we have to mind the gap, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. when we've decided to start, setting boundaries and then putting up velvet ropes. Our client, the clients that are used to working with us in the old way with like the no boundary way, Mm. they don't actually know the new boundary yet Mm. because they're still operating from the paradigm that like, oh, this is just a new tool, Mm -hmm. you know? So we have to say, no, the tool is there to create a better working relationship for us long-term Mm-hmm. And I still need you to go back to that. I think sometimes people, can I just want say one yeah, more thing? Because right I ahead. saw you raise the hand. I think sometimes people make decisions about what other people are going to think about their boundaries. Mm-hmm. Bef- the false and that narrative. is what stops them from setting them. Yes. So like, I can't tell this person I'm not available. Well, why not? Well, because they will dot, dot, dot. And it's like, okay, first of all, you don't have any control over that anyway, mm-hmm. really. Second of all, it's probably not malicious. They just don't know. So you have, it's like you have, 
you're actually serving them better by just telling them the truth about mm-hmm. your boundary yeah. and they'll know yeah. and then they're allowed to be disappointed. Yeah. Just like you're allowed to say, you're right. I'm not available. You know, you know? The, the times that I've had those false narratives and I thought things were going to be really awful often turned into like, oh, okay, thank you. No problem. <laughs> it's like, totally. It's just a clarification, right? Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say earlier is this is something that happens a lot to teachers, especially if you're bringing in a student that's worked with other teachers and had different yeah. boundaries or had teachers totally. that had no boundaries. You're going to have to work a bit harder and maybe repeat yourself a few times in a very graceful way with wonderful language to just get that person to kind of figure it out and to kind of get on board with how you run your business. Like I've, I've had to deal with that on many occasions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, even if they, I've even had people say, well, but the other teacher didn't do it like that. It was like, okay, well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Learning to kindly enforce boundaries is also a, a practice of learning to sit in discomfort. Mm-hmm. And to say yes, when someone says back to you, for example, well, the other teacher didn't do it like that. Instead of reacting to that statement, it's saying, you're right. You're absolutely right. The other, I'm sure your other teacher didn't do it like that, but that's how we we get to work together here. See, I love that language. You always have wonderful language. That's how we get to work together here. Or that's how I serve my clients best. I Language is important to me, whether mm. I'm sloppy with it or not. I know that sometimes, I mean, we're all sloppy with language when we're thinking, especially as an external processor, I can get really sloppy with my language. But I find that out of, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And so if your heart is in, you know, your feelings are in a place of defensiveness, Mm -hmm. a place of having an antagonistic relationship with a parent or a client or a student, if your assumption is always this person, it doesn't understand me and is out to get me. And it might not literally be out to get me, but like they don't understand me. They're trying to cross a boundary. They're trying to do something awful. If you walk into the conversation with that attitude, then the language that will come to you will be language that speaks that heart. Mm. So the real work in boundaries is actually learning where you tend to cross other people's boundaries by deciding what they're feeling. Ooh, wow. I love those moments where you just drop those truth bombs on us. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I wish I had said that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true. It's so true. I, that is something that, that, um, I think, I think that's a teacher trap, right? We, we, we have this preconceived notion of what the response will be and we, you know, false narrative, or I think my meditation coach, Steve calls it time traveling, 
right? Ooh, I like that. Yeah, so we're not in the present moment actually dealing with the issue. We've gone into the future with this whole false narrative with a whole bunch of scenarios that have not happened but they in our brain they have so we've come up with this this language that is defensive or protective or whatever like it's just it's just anticipating this conflict and and we immediately put that wall up and then nothing has actually happened yet like we haven't even gotten the response yet we've just decided that it's going to be bad you know, I'm going to rip this yeah. bandage off and it's going to pull all the skin. <laughs> yeah, I I think, too, you know, I, I, I do want to leave a little bit of space for for our emotionally intelligent audience. I mean, you have a generally emotionally pretty emotionally intelligent audience. So I think what we're talking about here is like that first or second time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, when it's mm-hmm. a person you don't know very well mm-hmm. and we definitely need to create kind of boundaries and then tell people what they are. There are times when, when you have gotten to know a person well enough where Mm. you suddenly realize, Oh, 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 Mm. (laughs) you're, you're a boundary pusher, right? Like, Oh, okay. And that's when I think, I know for me, I have to really actually allow myself to completely get lost in time travel, mm. but no, I'm going there, right? Like mm. put on my travel suit and be like, <laughs> I need to think through this and not respond mm. for like 48 hours. Yeah. <laughs> like really think through what am I actually feeling? What boundary are they bumping up against? Do I feel they have the right to bump up against meaning, you know, whatever my feelings are around that, because those are real emotional responses. And then like, okay, do they actually even have I ever communicated to them really in a strong enough way? Like, I think sometimes we got to step back and we think we've communicated something. Mm. And then we're like, oh, this person like does not get it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then that's when it gets super uncomfortable for us because we would normally say something extremely, um, maybe we would, maybe our interpretation of kindness is relatively passive maybe. Mm. And so we've, we've chosen to passively set the boundary and then we realize, oh, this person needs like a big fat international no symbol with the red circle and the line <laughs> through it, you know? And, um, and I think that is where the velvet ropes come in really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say, I don't think boundaries and policies are the same thing. Ooh, you cannot you. expect your policies to enforce your boundaries. Mm. You still have to do the things, whether it's a verbal enforcement or an email enforcement reminder. And when I say that's such a strong word, but like a reminder when someone's trying to bump up against it, Mm -hmm. you're the person who still has to be like, boom, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, that's again, where the velvet ropes can come in handy. Things like auto responders, um, sometimes. And if you, if you're not good at it yet, I would say, let's say you need two phones. Maybe you need a business phone and a personal phone. Mm. And not try to like wrap it up into one thing. If you know that you're going to read the text message and feel anxious until you respond to it, we'll then get a business phone 
Mm-hmm. And then leave it in your office or mm-hmm. leave it, you know, lock it in a safe over the weekend, whatever sure. you have to do yeah. to put up your own velvet ropes while you're learning how to emotionally process through that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes one or two, like, like you'll get a client. I know I've, I'm totally guilty of this in the past. A client will push a boundary that you didn't even think you're like, whoa, I didn't even know I had a boundary there. Right. Cause that's mm. another thing too, is you don't even realize what maybe, Oh, I don't like that at all. What's that sure. all about? You know? Right. And then you have to for enforce a boundary, but it's not in your policies. Mm. Right. Well, sometimes what happens is people then change their policies and I'm like, Oh my God, my policies would be 50 million pages long. If I made a clause for every time a boundary was like cross for me. <laughs> Yes, uh, I wouldn't. I don't know. Was it you? It might have been you that said. It might have been somebody else. Like a, a, your policy is not just a list of things that piss you off. Oh yeah, was that I you? Can I can imagine saying that. Yeah, I don't know I if it was, was me. Okay, I, I hope it was, was me because that sounds fun. <laughs> I think it was you. It's a. It's such a great. It's such a great thing to have very clear boundaries Mm -hmm. and then do yourself the favor of setting up the velvet ropes. Mm. Sure. You know, do yourself a favor. This doesn't gotta, this doesn't have to be hard. So another, okay. Another example of velvet ropes, templates, scripts and templates. Yes. That you, you get the same similar kinds of questions, but you know, you need to answer it personally. Like maybe a, you know, a, a, not personally, but individually is a better Mm -hmm. word have a, just a basic template yeah, that you can respond to that person, yeah. you I, know, and you can tweak it, but that's, yeah. that's a great way to have a velvet rope. Mm-hmm. Assistants are a great way to have velvet ropes. <laughs> you know, if you, if yeah. you have a bigger studio or multi-teacher studio, you mm-hmm. should not be answering all of the emails from all of your parents of students. If you have a multi-teacher studio with a lot of kids, let's say, mm-hmm. You need to have a customer service representative. But you are responsible for training said representative and then your systems have to be in place. Right. Which would be a great example of velvet ropes, right? Your systems are your velvet ropes. I love it. Your tools are your velvet ropes. Um, Templates, velvet ropes. I'm trying to think of other good examples of velvet ropes. Well, if we all get back to teaching in person, then, uh, you know, locking the door in between clients so they can't walk in as a velvet velvet rope, rope. right? Yep. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Michelle, I love our conversations. I love the language and the strategies and the professionalism you bring to our industry. And I love, I love sharing your expertise on the podcast. Where can people find and follow you and even work with you? So we have a brand new website that we've been working on for about six months oh nice and um because there's a huge back end for our members right our speakeasy Mm -hmm. cooperative members um have a wonderful dashboard right now it's it's kicking so you can um find us at the speakeasy cooperative.com 
And from there, it should be pretty obvious if where to find out how to start one-on-one work, or you can just join the Speakeasy Cooperative, and we can you can work with the team, um, or you can even have your kind of send an email and say I'm ready to apply for next year's 2022 uh, How to Run Your Voice Business Without Hating Your Boss Accelerator Program. Love it. Um, and I have some new offers that. Um, I've been working on over the last year that are that I'm getting to offer and that speaking to uh, groups of teachers, mm. speaking to universities coming in um, like I did some work with vocology and practice and I was a master teacher at Nats in 2021. So just coming in and kind of offering my expertise. So that's now officially available that can Beautiful. be inquired about on the new website as well. And then also my management and teams training that I'm doing with Clifton Strengths and um, setting up multi-teacher studios and really helping them have a better overall understanding of their business structure, which is different than the independent Mm-hmm. like solo Absolutely. studio business owner. So I'm also doing bespoke work um, kind of on that level as well. So I'm really excited and go check it out anyway, because it's really fun and has great new branding colors. And I'm I really excited. And, and my team really put a lot of work. We all put in many, many hours of work, especially our web development um, person, Keith Eldridge. So we're very excited for all that. Thanks for asking. I wanted to tell everybody, if you didn't check out the last uh, episode that I did with Michelle, it was actually our season finale uh, podcast, oh. podcast number 143. And uh, Michelle talked in depth about Clifton Strengths. And Michelle, that was a very popular uh, podcast episode. There were a lot of downloads of that episode. So oh, I'm really glad. I'm, I'm glad you're doing all that work with the Clifton Strengths. So I will put a link to all of these fantastic resources in the show notes. And of course, Michelle, you are our business expert and I love talking to you and you bring so much to uh, the podcast. So I will see you again on the Full Voice Podcast. See you soon. Thank you. Websites, apps, social media, programs, software, hardware, all those tools we now need to use to promote our studios. It's a thing. It's not going to go away. So I have invited back to season six, our technology expert to Kenya Battle to help us to navigate all of this technology and to give us some great teacher takeaways on how to find our ideal clients. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend, my colleague, my technology expert, Takenya Battle. It's so nice to see you. My guests can't, my listeners can't see you, but I can see you. Uh, But it's so good to have you here. How are you? I am doing very well, highly well rested. That's a thing that we just got to do sometimes. Get that oh, good rest. Oh, get that good rest. So before we hit record, so to Kenya, tell us about the the football practices. So, you know, I have, um, I have children. I'm somebody's mama. These children trust me to do things for them that are <laughs> tasked for the mother. I have a 17-year-old who has football practice. School has not even started yet. Wow. School has not started, but football practice has. And what time does he have to be at football practice? Six o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's right. Which wrong. means we have to wake up at what? Five, 
515 in the morning just to get them there on time. I'm over it. (laughs) I'm over it. I feel you. And, and full disclosure, Sean and I never really got Noah like into hockey for that reason. Cause it's like, I am not sitting in a cold arena at 6am in the morning, but we are baseball parents and uh, upon arriving here in Nova Scotia, Noah quickly made the rep team in the local town that we're near. And now we drive all over Nova Scotia, which is beautiful. It's it's amazing. We're discovering the province. But also, you know, last night when the fog rolls in off of the ocean, the the highway gets really scary. And we're like, oh, my goodness, this is this is a little too terrifying. So... You know, home, left the house at three, home at 10. Oh, wow. That's that's just a long day. Yeah, that, that's a part time job for a child. Right. <laughs> and of course, and of course, you know, business person, I'm on my Facebook groups in the car trying to t- trying to talk to people. And Sean's like asking me to help with the Google directions. So, yeah, it gets a little crazy. Oh, yeah. I totally have my kids like um, respond to texts while I'm driving. Hey, tell someone so that I said I'll be there in five minutes. Just wait. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yep. I'm coming. I think we've all been there. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, so as and not only are you a brilliant private studio owner teaching, P- well, many instruments and voice and taking care of, of four kids, getting them here, there and everywhere. But you're also brilliant with technology, which is why I have you back time and time again. Um, this is the time of year where a lot of teachers uh, may be looking for new students. And that's a, that's a forever thing. I think you're always going to have turnover. So you've got some, you've got some strategies to help teachers maybe find their ideal clients. Absolutely. I think we're always looking for high quality students. Yes. And um, I feel like students are always looking for a high quality instruction from high quality instructors. And so you have to kind of find where your people are. Where do they live in this Internet society? How do you reach the people that you actually want to reach? And some tips for that are. The first place you want to start is really on your website. That is real estate that you own. That is real estate that it doesn't follow an algorithm. There's nothing that somebody can pull down and and flag as being inappropriate content. I mean, please don't do inappropriate content on your own website, first of all. Anyway, but, you know, your website is the place where you can really capture the people that you want. And what you want to use is what we call copy. And copy is persuasive and informative language that directs people to take some sort of action. So you want to put what this is called above the fold. So your website, when they get to your website, when the people that you want actually make it to your website, the very first thing that they see is everything that is above the fold. So if you want them to take a specific action, you need to have a button that says like sign up here. You need to have some kind of button that says schedule your phone call here. You want them to take a specific action. So all the high value content needs to be above the fold. Think about what it is that you want that student or that family to do and make sure that's the first thing that they see when they land on your website. So that's the first place you can capture and market to the people that you want in your studio. Once they're there, capture their email address and their phone number where possible. 
you know, make sure you're following the rules as far as gathering and collecting that data. So when you have that email, you have a welcome series that goes out. Hey, my name is Takenya Battle. I'm awesome and I can do awesome things that show you how to be awesome as well. Spread that out over a few days. So this is how we're marketing and nurturing that lead to want to stay with us. We're answering their questions. Everybody's asking the same things all the time. Well, how often are lessons? How much is it? Have those questions already answered for them, but automate it. So it takes something else off your plate. You don't want to be trying to do everything all the time. You're not going to make it. I'm really glad you said that because that was a game changer for me many years ago. I created a, this is what a voice lesson with me looks like email template. And I just did it. This is before I had like any kind of mailing list. I just saved it in Google. So I, and, and. I and, I and here's the thing, you've got to spend time crafting that and being very clear and concise. And, and like you said, answer those questions. Like, what are the burning questions? Like, how much are lessons? How often? When do you like, and then that just saves you so much time. I, that was such a huge game changer for me. You know, and what's interesting, too, is you might put that, you might put that template out. So you email that to a person and then they don't get back to you, that might be because you answered their questions and they're not the bright person for your studio. And then they that can filter care. themselves out. Right. Yeah. They can look, you you wanna you wanna capture the kind of people that you want, right? You know, because you have to be honest with yourself. What I teach is not for everybody. The way that I teach is not for everyone. That is wholly fine. You wanna talk to the people that you want to have in your studio. Yeah. So um, that template, templates save time. You know, um, that was actually one of my suggestions as well. Get you a template. Mm -hmm. And if if you're not sure of what, what is it that I say every time when somebody's calling looking for lessons? What is it that I'm answering the most often? Some things that you can do are, um, you can use Trello, you can use Trello to kind of go through like, OK, this is what this is what I say all the time. These are the things that people are always asking me. And these are the steps that people go through from point A to point B to becoming a student, a paid student at my studio. Write down those steps. Definitely saves me time. So that's the first one. Make sure your website is up to par mm. and you're capturing all you're getting. You're getting them in above the fold getting them in above the fold so above like what about oh this is a tough question I might be going off topic here what if you're like you and you teach so many different things and you have so many offerings what what about a teacher that has a lot to to tell people like the fold above the fold is not a huge space It's not a whole lot of real estate. And so what I have is just three buttons, one for current students. They click on current superstars. This is all above the fold. Okay. One that says enroll now for people who already know what they want to do. Oh. And one button for um, future superstars. So that way I'm I'm leading through. I've I've made my website into a like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. Love that. Without them knowing that I'm really directing them. I'm directing the traffic. I'm telling them they're making a decision and they're going to their interest. Oh, to Kenya, that's so helpful. 
I love, and I love that you use buttons too, right? People are want to click on things, give them the things to click on. <laughs> I like clicking on things. I mean, Amazon shows up at my house pretty regularly. <laughs> Oh, you know what? When we moved, we're in rural area now. That was one of our first worries. But we were reassured like the second day an Amazon package showed up in the middle of the forest. I'm like, thank you, Amazon. <laughs> I mean, if they can find me on our, our street, our street has no name. It is Farm to Market Road. Oh, if wow. They can, if they can find me, surely they can find you in the woods. <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, what other strategies? So I love, I love that we've got a website and I, and I do appreciate you bringing up the importance of having your own website. It, it, it really is. You're right. It's your real estate. You need to invest in the copy, the, the language. And I would also say updating websites is a forever thing. Just get used to it. It's not, it's, that doesn't go away. Um, what other, what other strategies do you have for helping people bring people into their, into their studios? I know people hear this one constantly, social media, Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't make it harder than what it really is. Please don't. (laughs) As long as you're using clear messaging, concise, and you're consistent, you're going to get the people that you want. So social media, some ways you can kind of eliminate some of that. Well, I only have this this platform or I only have that platform. That's great. Just focus on one at a time. Just do one. So um, there are ways that you can schedule your posts ahead of time so that you don't have to like, out. oh man, I'm in the middle of a lesson. I got to talk about this, that, and the other. No, you don't. You already set a schedule. It's done for you. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I have some recommendations on some softwares and apps that can do the scheduling for you. So if you're trying to figure out um, for ones that I love to use are Buffer, B-U-F-F-E-R. Buffer will schedule and post across multiple platforms at one time. Ripple, R-I-P-L, will schedule and post across multiple platforms at one time. And Hootsuite, I think a lot of people are already familiar with Hootsuite as well. Hootsuite will post across multiple platforms at one time. You tell it when you want it to do it, it'll do it. And if you're trying to figure out, well, what am I supposed to be posting in the first place? (laughs) What am I talking about? What do you talk about on social media? The things that you do every day. Yeah. Here's a behind the scenes look at uh, me getting ready for a lesson. Mm. I'm not saying you have to like sing and dance and shuffle and you don't have to do all that on social media if that's not you. That's totally fine. There's a lot of trendy things that people try to do, like the latest dance or the latest TikTok mm-hmm. or, or whatever. If that's not you, that's fine. If it is, that's fine as well. Mm-hmm. Just stay true to yourself. People are looking for authenticity and they can read it through the social media. I love seeing the behind the scenes. Like I love, you know, like, like when people even show me their messy desk or their studio, when it's like, when they've had taught all day long and this is what my studio, like that kind of thing. And I think, I think that, you know, especially now with a lot of us being online or having hybrid models, like I think it's helpful for parents to see 
what exactly is going on on our end because it's a lot and I love those posts. So it might be like boring and every day for us, but that's not every day for our potential clients. And I think that's a great tip about, yeah, here's about, here's me getting ready. Uh, the other thing I love is like people will just share the resources that they're using. You know, I use these flashcards. I use these, this book. Oh, I got this song. Like those are helpful too. I, I really like that. Um, uh, and and the, the like all of those things they seem simple but they're they're very interesting so i love that i definitely i guess i should say i stalk people on social media <gasps> me too <laughs> <laughs> i do a little light stalking of um you know i guess these are like my uh, friends in my head kind of people on social media you know maybe we'll never ever meet in real life maybe i have met this person before in real life and I always search and find tips that I can always take and use, even if it's not in, in my specific industry. So some things are universal. Some things are universal, like um, working on your website. That's a universal thing. There's always some good tips to be found. Just scroll social media. Hashtags are important, too. But that behind the scenes videos, behind the scenes snapshots, if you guys are on Instagram, you should know reels are where it's at. Reels are 60 seconds of, or less of some kind of video. And usually you see people pointing to things and whatnot. Just start slow. Start slow. That's my regular. <laughs> start slow on that. So that's one place you can reach students. I've definitely gotten students because of what they've seen on my Instagram. Uh, and also check your direct messages. I've had some direct messages that sat there for like two years and it was people looking for lessons. Oh, yeah. I, I've made that mistake, too. So for friends out there who are using Instagram, make sure you know how to find the direct messages. Play around. Get to know the app. I did that, too. I've missed some I've missed some people asking questions about books, about, you know, resources. And yes, um, I uh, I how do you how do you do the links in your Instagram for people that want to reach like they see your video and they're interested like how do you handle the call to actions back to your links in Instagram so Instagram one thing you always want to use is a CTA a call to action and usually my call to action and it doesn't always have to be like to a link most of the time it is it can be as simple as hey comment below what you think that garners, that actually helps the algorithm because people are interacting with your post. But I usually tell people, hey, check the link in my bio. The link in my bio is actually to Linktree and Linktree lets me choose what I want people to look at. It, choose, it helps me show people exactly, here's the link to sign up for whatever my free course may be. Here's the link to sign up for lessons. It lets me highlight and feature specific links with just one link. It doesn't, you, don't, you can't list everything on Instagram. You've got a set limit of characters. Yeah. So Linktree, I'm now just for my listeners, I'm going to say, uh, Takenya has listed a lot of great resources. I am going to put them in the show notes. So if you want to go and check out the, um, either the social media scheduling apps or like Linktree and all of those. Um, but, uh, I, I love 
one of the things that I love about your account, Kenya, is you do, you are very clear in your messaging. Like you do a, such a great job. You also show the fun. Like, like if I lived in Texas, I would be in your studio because honestly, we, we could, we could just sing together and we could, you could play and we could sing and we could like, I seriously would be in your studio. And I think that that's one of the successful things with your, with your, um, socials is just, you're showing your true self and how you nurture your students. And it's just lovely. And it's very inspiring. And as a parent, who, you know, is trying to figure out crazy schedules that would, the, the, you make it so simple for people to find you and to link to your website and to get all the information. I mean, that the parents would appreciate that. I mean, we don't want to be, uh, what's the word? The, the, a mirage. We're not a mirage, you know, we're not a mirage. It's the thing that you see kind of far off in the distance, but you can't quite touch it. And then when you get there, it's not really there kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yes. I want people to find me. So unless you're like hiding in the CIA or you're in protective custody of some sort, make it easy for people to find you. You know, we're laughing at this, but I have seen many many websites and many people who are making it really difficult. And I know personally, when I go to a website for anything, if I can't find what I'm looking for within like a very short period of time, I get ragey. Like I get mad. And that's, you don't want people contacting you out of a state of frustration or anger. <laughs> and even though we can put the information out there Guys, there's still going to be somebody who's going to be like, well, I didn't see it. Yes. <laughs> I didn't find yes. it. Oh. it that, it's going to happen anyway. So just accept it. Yeah. <laughs> be, be graceful. I've, I've, yes, I've had to deal with that on many, many occasions. I have also been that parent. Oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> I'm probably that parent. When it comes to baseball, we were talking about sports before we hit record and, and Takenyi's got uh, uh, football, but Sean and I are baseball parents. For like the first week of like figuring out rep baseball, we were late and missed, like we were late to all the practices because every day they started a different time and at a different field. And we were like, oh, here's the family from Ontario that really hasn't figured anything out yet. Like we felt so, so bad. And thankfully everyone was very gracious with us. So yes, we were, we were those families. We have to grant ourselves that same grace because a lot of times if the shoe were on the other foot, there's just a lot going on for a lot of people right now. Grant, I think grace should run in abundance, especially now. Grace should run in abundance, but also set some boundaries, you know, protect, protect your sanity. You know, thank you for saying that. I know that, um, I know that we get sometimes, um, kind of wrapped up in our own stuff and we get frustrated and we think that our communication is on point, but, um, communication is challenging and with every, like you said, with everything going on. And, and, um, one of the things that I did all last year was I would always send an email reminder to that day's students with the Zoom link, even though it was the same Zoom link. And I know that they know that their lesson is at four o'clock. I would always send a really fun, friendly 
email so excited Wednesday singing shenanigans and it would just go out to all my Wednesday students and I like I did that because I knew that there was a lot going on and I also know that I would appreciate that because there's days where I have forgotten uh you know oh my gosh it's Wednesday I have a podcast interview oh goodness right like like I I mean if Google doesn't remind me I'm not going to show up (laughs) So I love, I love what you say about being graceful and having grace and abundance. That's a lovely takeaway. Um, any other, any other last minute tips for using technology to really find those people that are going to just make your heart sing in your studio? Text messaging for talking to the people that you want. Marketing. You can use text using the Remind app or the Band app. So if you don't have a program that you're already using that has text messaging built into it, so if you're not using something like My Music Staff or if you're not using something like Fonz, you can use the Remind app or the Band app. You can use one of those two that mass text people. Oh, excellent. So like a big group text. So you can put in your whole studio, like all your Tuesday students, and then you can shoot out the same thing. Or, you know, payment is due. Just a reminder that payment is due. Oh, I like that. I like that. These are ways to save your time, save your sanity, reclaim your day, and move on and carry on and do the things that you know you want to do. Nobody wants to be trying to field a bunch of questions all day. Oh, to Kenya, you always bring in such great strategies and new apps. I have to say, full disclosure, there's a few I'm going to check out myself. Uh, To Kenya, you are our technology expert, and I would love people to follow, find and follow you. How can people work with you if they're if they if they really need someone to walk them through these processes? You can always at me, go to at Kenya's Keys across social media. So Kenya, possessive, Kenya's singular possessive keys. <laughs> For all my word nerds out there, all my, all my grammar nerds, Kenya's singular possessive keys.com. I love it. I love it. I, I'm going to put links to all of your socials in the show notes. And as always, we will have you back on the on the podcast. You bring such great information uh, and ways to use new tools. And I love that you make it fun and easy for everyone. Uh, and I love your website, keyofeasy.com. Yes, that keyofeasy.com is where we provide group coaching which is a collaborative approach where I help private studio owners navigate from their first phone call to a full studio. I'm holding your hand through the entire process. I love it. I love it. There's some, there's probably some new teachers on, on listening right now that might really need your help. So I'm glad to uh, put all the links there to Kenya. Thank you so much. I love your energy, your spirit. I love that you are in the trenches like the rest of us and also managing all the children and all the sports. like everybody else we can do it we we can totally do it don't try to do it by yourself that's my only recommendation i love it i love it so helpful all right to kenya have a fantastic day we'll talk to you soon i had a 
lovely afternoon conversation with my good friend, composer and music educator, Donna Rodenizer. We got to talk about one of my favorite times of the year, Halloween. (laughs) Welcome back to the Full Voice Podcast, my friend, my new neighbor, Donna Rodenizer. How are you? I am doing very well. And you? I'm great. So first question out of the gate. So now that I've moved to your province, are we still friends? <laughs> oh, definitely. There's lots, lots of room for more musicians in Nova Scotia. Absolutely. Uh, I joke with everybody. I say that I, I love Donna Rodenizer so much that I moved to her province. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> That's good question mark. <laughs> yeah. It's only been like three months. It's, right. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I've got another few months to drive you crazy. Um, <laughs> what's interesting is now that I've moved to Nova Scotia, I see my the full voice team like via Zoom more than I ever did when I was in the province. It's like that with anything. When you went when we went to university, it was like that. All the kids that lived close, mm. you know, an hour away from their folks. We just didn't go home because you could go anytime. Right. And the kids that lived farther away went at every opportunity because they didn't know when they could go again. So here you are and you don't know when you're going to see them again. So you got to see them. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Heidi still has not forgiven me. So. Yeah, but she hasn't seen her room yet. That's true. That's true. My assistant Heidi has a standing guest room here in Nova Scotia. Uh, So today I am so excited. Um, We are talking about strategies, teaching, fun, ways that you can explore the Halloween theme with your singers. And I don't know about you, but this is actually my favorite theme. I love the Halloween theme. It's, there's, there's a lot of really, really good things that you can do that vocally help your kids. And they, they just think they're fooling around and having fun and mm-hmm. singing these spooky songs. And I particularly like them in the music classroom because it, it helps pull in the boys. And I know that sounds oh. sexist, but it isn't. Um, because often the stereotype, and I'm doing air quotes here, is, is you know, boys are, are not uh, as promoted as singers, as girls are. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden they've got these spooky songs and, mm-hmm. and they're, they're in there like a dirty shirt and they're singing away and they're developing all of these great skills and that can be applied then when they, they go on. And they don't realize that, that they're being reeled in and they are. So that's a really good plus. uh, I agree with you. And I have to thank you, Donna, because your music is really uh, accessible to both boys and girls. And I've never, ever had a problem finding music for young singers if I look at your catalog. Like, I Need a Home for My Dinosaur is just a great one for boys. Uh, I even did um, your newer one, Wolf in the Forest, Right. It wasn't, you know, and, and again, it's that it's that it's just kind of gen has no gender bias. They're just fun songs. I, I work very hard at trying to to do that. That's not just a sort of, oh, well, that just happened yeah. um, because I am so interested in, in having everybody in the music classroom 
singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's really interesting to me is when I had choirs, um, I had grade four or five choirs and they were optional and the kids could come. And I had a choir of a hundred kids wow. uh, at the biggest that I had. I had, I had, you know, I, I wanted to have grade threes, but I couldn't fit them in my room. So, wow. but in that hundred child choir, I had, I think, 48 boys. Wow. So I was just about 50% divide boys, girls in my choir, which is, they say, if you can get a 10% boy ratio in your choir, you're doing well. Oh. And I, I 100% credit that to the, the foundation that's laid in my classroom mm-hmm. where everybody sings. They walk in and I sing to them from the very first day they walk in in, in primary or kindergarten. And it's just, everybody sings. This it's not, normalized. do you want to sing? It's not, should we sing? It's everybody sings. Mm-hmm. But you also have to put things in place that draw them in and make them want to sing. Wolf in the Forest is the same way as all the Halloween songs are going to be. It's, it's, it feels good to do that. Yeah. And, and yeah. They, they like to sing it. They but do. what I was going to say about my choir was that once the boys are in, I've had numerous times where we've got, you know, a fun song. I always say we do a fun song. We do a difficult song. We do a beautiful song. Ooh. Um, and that's kind of when we're doing a concert and we have, you know, three songs that we can do. That's what we, that's the goal. I like and that. time after time, I've had a student come up to me and say, that song is my favorite song. And it's the beautiful one. It's the very melodic. It's the very mm. heartfelt. And it's almost always the boys that come up and tell me that. And it's, wow. it, surprises me every time i don't know why it does but it, it it's they given the opportunity they just love them it's just, uh, so we need them in there we yes need them in there. yes we so do. it starts but it starts with those ooey songs <laughs> <laughs> all right so i i would love to know as a classroom teacher um what kind of activities within the halloween theme what kind of stuff do you do or songs that you draw from that you get started with in your class? So the, as I said, those, those vocalizing songs, you want something that's going to catch them and draw them in. And they love that mysterious, spooky um, kind of sound. The minor sound is Mm -hmm. is always a a wonderful draw. It's nice for their ear. Um, So we, we do, we do songs that have actions and, and things that they can do to become physically involved in the song as as well. Um, We've got pumpkin songs and we've got witch songs and there are a couple of game songs. There's a, a game song past the witch's broomstick uh, around around the room. And so, so we do that. And then when the, when the witch's broomstick stops, then you have to clap a rhythm or you have to go in the witch's pot. And so it's, you know, <gasps> so just fun games like that. As I said, they're fun and they're um, teaching them some good foundational singing mm-hmm. skills and they mm-hmm. just think they're having fun and they're they're 100 in i love it i love it now uh one of the things that i have always enjoyed with the halloween theme as a private teacher many of my students would be preparing that year for say a vocal exam and the voice exams always have a minor scale for for older not necessarily the preliminary and the level one but for like level two level three so they always have like minor triads and then they always 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 have chromatics and 
I've always noticed in my studio, like chromatic singing semitones is really challenging. It really requires very good listening skills and also that that coordination to sing that that small step. And bef- in my early days, I really struggled to help uh, in helping my students with those to sing those things. And it was just kind of like I'm going to play it on the piano, and you're going to do it a whole bunch of times, and then I'm going to record it, and you're going to do it at home, which nobody did because that's the most miserable punishment you can put yes. through <laughs> a child through or a human through. Um, but I loved to introduce these sounds in the Halloween activities. And I just want to let all of the listeners know that um, usually late at night, I'll get an idea and then I'll be like, oh, I need a song that works on this. And then I send an email to Donna going, I need a minor scale chromatic study with the Halloween theme and go. (laughs) (laughs) And Donna never, ever disappoints. So the next morning or the next day in my inbox, she left this beautiful song um, called, well, you've entitled it Halloween, Um, but I, I think I've been calling it What's Waiting for You. Ooh, that's good too. Because that's kind of scary. So we, um, so Donna has graciously uh, given us, uh, gifted us a beautiful freebie song called "What's uh, Halloween, What's Waiting for You, which is um, singing a minor, like five note scale and then repeated semi-note, uh, semitone passages. And it's so fun. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to thank you. And I love the intro. It's kind of like a a chiming bell-like kind of intro. And I think Sean may have found some spooky sounds for the backing track. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> so, um, and then, and then I, uh, the other thing that I have to tell all our listeners. So first of all, if you haven't been brainwashed with pretty itty bitty kitty unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know whether to apologize or thank the people that are singing this. (laughs) The best. Okay. I don't know if I shared this with you, Donna, but the best social media post was from a teacher who had taught one of her little students, the pretty itty bitty kitty unicorn song. And the next week that student's dad came in wearing a kitty unicorn t-shirt excellent and it was and he was there to (laughs) and he was there to support his little girl in her lessons because she wanted to sing it for her so i think i i don't know hate us now love us later i don't know (laughs) um but i asked donna um if she could do a follow-up uh, a song and I, I wrote a little poem it was inspired by my student Esther and her best friend Lee they wrote a story about a zombie cat and she had given it to me a long time ago quite a few like when she first started like maybe two years ago and I had said to her you know this is a really scary story and I'm going to write some lyrics and I'll send them to Donna and maybe we can have a zombie cat song so Donna worked her magic magic again, and it's a fun little uh, fun little Halloween song. Um, 
and it's we've called it what's that sound slash zombie cat um but i i'm so thrilled and i can't thank you enough for these wonderful wonderful solos <laughs> well i have such fun when i get when i get one of those requests in my email it's it's like christmas morning it, it's like ooh, here's something else to work <laughs> on and it's just like that's that sounds like a fun thing and i i don't get anything else done i you know <laughs> housework well i'm never good at doing housework anyway but you know housework pales as next to being able to write a song and as a composer you know as you wait for you know supreme and sublime inspiration to strike like a lightning bolt sometimes that just doesn't come but the emails come and say can you write and i've got all of these wonderful parameters it's like i need this and this and this and this it's like, okay then it's like i have material to work from and with and off i go as opposed to just pulling something out of thin air and saying what inspires me today so it's it's great fun oh well, my goodness uh, for those of you who haven't checked it out the one the the one request that we made um and again you totally outdid yourself like i was like could you write a song about llamas oh the llamas <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is a podcast, but people did not see Donna just put her hands on her face and like was like it was so like ah! oh, I went but, around like llama llama drama drama Kamala Kamala llama like for days. It's like But you oh. came up with three, not one, but three. Oh no, you came up with six. Yeah, I didn't send them all to you. Oh my gosh. Six. Oh, you are just that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, we have on our website uh, the Llama Song Adventures. Um, and one of them, I have to tell you, I had some fun with my students. It was the um, uh, the solfege improvisation. That was so much fun. Um, and and it's it, so there's like a little melody, very simple melody. And then there's like four bars where your students can improvise using the so and la. So the five, the, the fifth degree of the scale, the sixth degree of the scale and going back and forth. And that has been so much fun. Like so much fun. They're hesitant at first, right? Improvisation is always scary, but I think it's so, so important to introduce children to that kind of improvisation. That's another thing that's really near and dear to my heart is that whole composing element. Mm. I think a lot of uh, music teachers across the board think, well, I can't write a song, therefore I don't know how to facilitate my children Mm. to write a song and improvising kind of falls in that but composing is just manipulating what you know right so you take what you know and if the kids know two sounds if they know so and la tell them to write you a song using so and la and they'll go at it they really mm -hmm. will mm -hmm. but they just kind of need permission to do that we have to we have to let go of our fear as teachers and let them experiment and they will absolutely Absolutely. I know I'm always, I'm always surprised and I should, and I'm always chastising myself for, for holding, holding them back. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I'll, sometimes I'll look at a song and I'll think, Oh, I don't know. That might be too hard for them. Or oh, I don't know if they're going to get that concept. And you know, I'm always, I'm always reminded that they are so so keen and able to figure things out. And it is, it is our inhibitions and our worries that hold us back. Yeah. 
I do want to go back when you were talking about the chromatics and the minor scales with your students mm-hmm. um, in the music classroom. That is a skill set that doesn't come until quite a bit later in mm. the, in the Kodai. Yes. Yes. You're right. Uh, uh, sequence. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really come into play until probably grade four. So right. they're, you know, 10 years old, nine. Yeah. Till, till they, they get that. And, and an awful lot of it at that point in time, because we have so many kids and so many different skill levels, that's really uh, more by rote mm-hmm. than by, by really understanding, you know, you're in the, the law of the dough of the key of the, you know, all of that. Absolutely. That um, and chromatics, we wouldn't get to, to chromatic singing as a, skill unless it's just in a piece of music so i would do it in a piece of music exactly like you're doing and with the music that, that mm-hmm. we've got on on the go but it wouldn't be taught as a, a conscious concept mm. and you know and you bring up a really good point that is often a challenge and it's been a challenge in my studio and i know i've had many conversations with um, other teachers. And this is definitely something for Mim and I, when we were coming up with the full voice workbooks and that sequence, it was like, where do we introduce this? Because it's, it is a, a more advanced theoretical concept. And, um, you know, and that, that happens in singing all the time, you know, like for a child to sing a Disney song, well, they're often incredibly complex with lots of chromatics, very challenging chord progressions and wide ranges and huge ranges. And yet you teach it by rote and, and some children are very successful at it. Right. But, but from a musical standpoint, we haven't introduced half of those concepts and we won't for a while. It's really challenging. But that, that is the beauty of, of your, your voice lesson structure as well as you have some, I call them teaching songs in my elementary classroom. Those really simple ones that have two elements that you use to extract and make conscious Mm -hmm. all those concepts, but you also have to expand their ear. You have to give them those sounds. They're building a sound, uh, an oral recognition library before they ever get to those concepts. So Mm. I'm, I've no problem having them sing by rote until they get to the point where, well, you know, what is that? What's happening there? And then they mm-hmm. can extract it. So they're they're they go in tandem. You can't just sing three note songs, right? Forever <laughs> and ever. Like everyone will just cry. Exactly. <laughs> everyone, teachers included. Included the teachers. Yes. Uh, well. Donna, I want to thank you so much. Again, you have gifted um, Halloween as a free download, and it does come with a uh, track for practicing and for singing, and it's just such a fun little study. And then, of course, Zombie Cat is one of our single song downloads, and Zombie Cat is a wonderful Halloween solo. And I have to tell everybody that Sean, there is a piano backing track, but Sean has also done a full full-blown spooky sound performance track bonus um which was i honestly he's donna in my house there was theremin sounds and oh oh yeah so it's funny you know sometimes i walk past the recording studio door and i mean like there's there were he had yowling cats for a while and i'm like i'm just not gonna go in there today (laughs) 
<laughs> but uh, it's a fun, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, little solo for our young singers. And um, I want to shout out to Esther and Lee for writing a beautiful little story. Well, it wasn't a beautiful, it was a scary story about a zombie cat. So, uh, you know, people ask me where we get all our ideas and often it's the kids. Oh, absolutely. Right. Like yeah. the vocal expression lines that I always talk about, I don't call them expression lines. They're vocal roller coasters because that's what the kids call them. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you before I let you go, uh, what, do you have any new projects on the go? Are you working on any new, so oh, she's smiling. She's got an evil, evil smile. What are you working on Donna Rodenizer? I have, well, I have a whole binder of, of songs that is, as things go and they, they seem to fit well pull them out I, mm. I've got tricks up my sleeve you'll have to stay tuned awesome oh my and God. It, it depends on what email I get in my box it says <laughs> can, you, can you write a song about <laughs> I love it I love I'm it. also doing I'm also doing some arranging right now for for grown-up choir so I'm doing some SATB SSA and TTBB arrangements oh beautiful actually of my own songs I've got uh, two songs of a a Nova Scotia composer here that that I've been commissioned to to write arrangements for. So I've got my head in some SATB and multi-part adult music for a little bit. But oh, I love my it. My heart I is still with the zombie cat kids, you know. <laughs> you know, I think I think uh I think my whole team um looks forward to all I know I look forward to when you give me songs I look forward to putting together the the art and the layout and the page design that's that's I could do that all day long I love making things visually appealing and 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 it's funny too because if I give a piece of paper uh, or a piece of music to my students and they're not like looking at it and they're not like you know oh wow I know I haven't done a good job and I, I love watching them. And I love always, whenever I, I see my students, I say, guess what? I have a new song from Donna Rodenizer. Their faces always like, ooh, and they're always excited. So, um, so thank you for your, for your passion and your talent. And um, I'm, uh, I'm just forever grateful that you responded to my Facebook inquiry many, many years ago. <laughs> Can I meet you or something like that? Yes. Can we and I'm super glad that my sister moved down the road from your ha from your mom. <laughs> Go figure. That's just so bizarre. So bizarre. Oh, well, I did want to say you were asked what I what I what I'm doing for projects. I am in the process of posting on my elementary music with Donna yes. Facebook page and YouTube channel um, videos for elementary music teachers i just posted one on welcome songs greeting songs name learning songs to sort of launch into the the new school year because yes. people are going like oh my gosh what do i do so that's my other hat i i i continue to really really have a, a passion for supporting my music educator colleagues in the music classroom because the job out there is immense it is. I'm really glad you brought that up. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to Donna's uh, website and to that page. Welcome songs and name songs are fabulous fun. I've used them. I've used them in my small group classes. And it's just a wonderful way to get. Well, the welcome song is a wonderful way to get everybody into the room and settled and the name songs are so helpful to encourage independent singing 
Um, so I'm going to put a link uh, uh, to your website. Uh, it, now, um, it's, it's DonnaAndAndy.com. Yes. But I'm going to put a specific link to the Welcome and Name Songs. And this past summer, you also did a collection of camp songs. I did. It's there too, yeah. I'm going to put a link to that as well because I... I love camp songs are great when you, when you need a little song just as a warm up or an, and like I use camp songs when my students are like low energy and I need to just get them, you know, kind of more into the space so that we could have a, a fun lesson. So I'm going to put links to both of those. And, and again, um, zombie cat, what's that sound is our single song download for Halloween and the freebie Halloween, uh, is on our free resources page. And I'm going to put links to those as well. Sounds good. Awesome. Donna, you are amazing. And I will send you more emails as they come up <laughs> And we will have you back on the podcast again. I look forward to all of that. Now, friends, before I wrap up the podcast, I just want to let you know that if you are looking for all of our Freebie Fridays and our new Halloween music that we've just put out, Today, I want you to go to our website, thefullvoice.com forward slash Halloween. I know how busy you are, so I've put links to all of our fun resources. There's a whole bunch of freebies that we've done in the past that are just fantastic, and I hope that you will take advantage of them. Uh, also on our uh, Halloween page is Donna's new spooky vocal study. It's a study, it's called Halloween! Exclamation mark, And it's a study in chromatics and minor triads. It's very fun. As always, I want to thank my fabulous guests on the podcast today, Michelle Marquardt DeVoe to Kenya Battle and Donna Rodenizer. You can visit the show notes to find links to all of their socials, as well as any products listed in the podcast today. My friend and colleague, I want my heart of heart all hopes for you is that when students leave your teaching studio or sign off from your zoom room that they do so with the biggest smile happy singing made by canoe music productions Here comes a child. I'm getting hungry. You're getting hungry. Nine o'clock. <laughs> good morning. Why? Say good morning, Miss Nikki. Good morning, Miss Nikki. Hello, sweetie. Good to see you. Oh, he can't hear me. <laughs> nah, he can't. Go tell your go tell your daddy fix you something, okay? Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. All right. Make sure you close the door. Okay. Well, thank you. Oh, what a sweet face. Wait, no, one more door to close. He did it. Okay. Oh, my God. What a sweet face. Can I put that? Can I share that as an outtake? Absolutely. (laughs) 
Because that's exactly the other day. Noah opened my door here to show me the bowl of macaroni that he had made with his father, and I'm like, "Well, that's lovely, darling. I'm kind of busy right now, but good for you." <laughs> oh yeah, they show me weird things. Hey, mom, look at my shoe. <laughs> 